Welcome to Skill Check Adventures. This is the first episode of our campaign titled Blood Tide. If you are just joining us for the first time, a little background. We are going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. This campaign will be run using Roll20. We are using mostly 5th Edition rules. I've made some changes to how starting equipment worked, um, as well as the encumbrance work rules. So, But we'll dive into those a bit later. If you guys haven't, check us out on Twitter, at SkillCheckCast. Check out our other podcasts, just entitled SkillCheck, all one word. Can't miss it if you like Dungeons and & Dragons and talking nerdy. But for now, let's just go ahead and dive right into the game, shall we? So it has been two months since you've last seen land. The, this trading voyage you're on has been long, but the pay is more than worth it. Despite the long journey, the crew is in high spirits, so much so that as you awaken in your bunk, you hear the sounds of music coming from the main deck. As you wipe the sleep from your eyes, you remember what day it is. Today is the 25th day of the trade winds. You get a few simple belongings together and you rush up to join the festivities. As you emerge, you're greeted with a warm breeze. The sky is blue and the ocean is calm. It's the perfect day. You, you look around at your crew, each going about their day. Quartermaster Melba Shaw, standing off to the side, wearing more formal attire. His traditionally stern and serious demeanor is replaced with a large grin as he's chatting with others. Behind him, a young elven woman comes up and wraps her arms around him, and you recognize the Cooper. Her name is Bryn, and today is their wedding. Looking around the rest of the ship, you do see a makeshift altar that is being prepared for them on the quarterdeck. And standing there, looking over his crew with a loving kindness, very similar to that of a father for his children, you see the captain, Captain Sherritt Mickelson. As you guys kind of step out of the cabin, so Stephanie, your character is the first to step out, and everybody kind of looks at you and kind of describe what your character looks like. I'm short for a dragonborn, standing only six feet tall. I have bronze scales, but in the sunlight you can see hints of silver. My eyes are light gray, almost white, and there are thin strips of leather, some with sea glass, tied around a few of my horns. Since I'm not currently needed for my clerical skills, I'm wearing loose-fitting linen shirt and pants of colorful fabric. Near the hems of both, there is a small silver and bronze embroidered flame of halal. Around my neck is a thin leather thong with a runestone hanging from it. I grin as I take in the crew, take a deep breath, and get ready to enjoy the ceremony. Following Cass out of the cabin is Fritz. Fritz, if you want to kind of describe your character. Uh, Fritjof. Not Fritz. Everyone calls him Fritz, but his name is Fritjof. Fritjof is a grizzled-looking veteran of the sea. He has a uh, black wool cap covering his bald head. He has long, wispy white hair pouring out from underneath and a matching long, wispy uh, beard. It's always like down to, down to the, the middle of his chest. Uh, his skin is like sun-scorched leather. Like It looks like he spent his entire life at the sea. Um, he is shirtless because he is always shirtless when the option is, is available, unless it's too cold. Uh, and he is bearing on his left left ch- breast a broken anchor uh, brand with the number 717 upon it. His uh, striped shirt is tied around his waist, and he has dark shorts and no shoes. Uh, he's walking barefoot. His hands and his feet are super calloused, and he has piercing black onyx eyes. 
And uh, the, the last thing about him is he has like he's got one of those faces that just kind of has a permanent smile, just like like weathered into it. Like he like even when he's not smiling, he's smiling. All right, and as you kind of come out, some of the workers they're kind of waving you over, and you just go over and join them. And then following Fritz, a couple minutes later, the door opens and Mantis steps out. Mantis, if you want to kind of describe yourself. So, uh, tiefling, bard. So come out with, you know, some fancy clothes on. Um, you're five foot nine, 194. So medium sized guy, uh, light purple skin, long black hair and yellowed eyes. Pretty much always with a smirk on his face. Always kind of just happy, charismatic. And as you kind of come out, the, a couple of the other minstrels on board, just kind of wave you over and ask you for tips and, you kind of go over and start talking with them. And lastly, coming out kind of little groggy, slept the longest. Cat, your character, comes up. And if you want to kind of describe her. Okay. Um, she's tall. She's probably close to seven feet. She's got long, dark hair. It's, it's sort of uh, scraggly, almost like dreads. Uh, she's got light blue skin. Uh, she's kind of quiet and more observant of everything that's going on rather than loud and boisterous. Yeah. And as you kind of come on, a couple of the smaller gnomes that are on the crew kind of step out of your way for fear of being stepped on. But other than that, the crew that you guys are a part of, you guys have been together and on been sailing for years the captain is one of the kindest men you've ever met. He's always looked out for you guys. He's very fair in his dealings. You've never been paid late. I mean, he is just a genuinely good person. So the crew around him is very, really matches that tone. It's basically just a big party today. You guys are in the middle of the ocean. It is a pristine day. So you guys have free run of the ship to kind of go around, meet people, kind of see what's going on. Uh, Fritz would walk up and slap the dragonborn on the back and just be like, ah, what are you doing? Get to work. We'll stand there doing nothing. Stand there gawking. There's work to be done. You hear a loud squawk as Tivik, the first mate of the ship, kind of almost pecks through the air at uh, Fritz. No work! There's always work to be done. I just walk over and start... start uh, tie up more. Captain Mickelson kind of comes over from the altar, looks over and says, I agree with them. Today is a special day. We've got all our work done. Today we celebrate. Come on, join the festivities, you. Any kind of motions for you guys to come up and join everyone else? I, uh, I'll walk up to the captain and be like, Fine day, captain. Fine day. That it is, my friend. You uh, are you going to be presiding? I am. It's my right as the captain, and I get to see these two sealed and together. So, as long as you're not taking first night, you know, I give him a wink. I give him a wink. I'm just like, yeah, you know, dirty sailor. He just kind of chuckles a little bit. Uh, I'm not a king, nor would I ever if I to where I was. Oh yeah, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. He kind of points over at one of the tables. We've got not. We've got a very modest feast. We don't want to 
overdo it on our supplies, but there's some food. There's a little bit of ale out. Go, go enjoy yourself, Fritz. It's a, it's a good day. We can work tomorrow. We'll do. I uh, go grab some food. Then I actually just climb up to the crow's nest to eat it. Put my feet up in the crow's nest and just kind of enjoy the view. Open ocean. Okay. As you get up there, so the voice that you heard shouting at you is sitting up there kind of just watching the, the sea. And now that you're closer, you, you recognize this is the first mate. This is Tivik Saltwing. He's a Kenku. He's, he is the right hand of the captain. They have been together for longer than either of them can remember. And he's just kind of up enjoying and he kind of shoots you a little sideways glance as you crawl up into the crow's nest with them. But he doesn't say anything beyond that. I just smile and toss him a piece of bread. He kind of grabs it and nods and just goes back to watching the horizon. What are the rest of you doing? I'm over at the buffet because I'm always hungry. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of a pig, so uh, I've got no manners. So food's everywhere and all over my face, too. Okay, so... Lamas, you are you just have food all over your face and, and people are just kinda looking at you, but they are just like outright ignoring you. I just slap my belly and say, Lamas, you better watch out, you're gonna look like me. Just like patting my, my pretty big paunchy belly. I'm saving it for later, all right? That's what I've been doing for years. They kinda look at you and yeah, you just go to town. There is it, it's definitely a decent feast. You guys should only be about another week out from land so they, they're being a little bit more less frugal with the rations than they were had you guys been just like starting out your journey or something like that i'm still growing Cass or mantis what are you guys doing uh, i think um I, i'll sample some of the food but i'm probably going around and just talking to everyone just you know just seeing how they're doing small talk basically just Having fun. Yeah, uh, basically the same thing. Just kind of wandering around, just hanging out with everybody. Had a few drinks at this point. Still drinking right now. So yeah, just just a little loose, having fun. You guys kind of walk around and cast as you start perusing the buffet table. You see the cook, Andor. He brings out just another massive pot. And as you look at him, he is easily seven and a half feet tall. And he is just looks like he was chiseled out of stone. He has just light gray skin and is covered head to toe in tattoos and different symbols. And he is just a massive Goliath. And he carries out this big cast iron pot and puts it down and looks at you, Cass. You want some of the stew? Always. He kind of nods and he grabs a mug and just fills it with the stew. And you look at it and it just smells amazing. And or you've been on ships off and on. You've been places... Andor is easily one of the best cooks you've ever really had food from. And even here with a limited supply and limited resources, the food that he could produce out of minimal ingredients is far and above amazing. And so he hands you this cup of the stew and he's like, enjoy. I've been cooking it all week. I will. And maybe maybe you'll have to share the recipe with me. He kind of looks at you and says, but then I'd have to kill you. And he shoots you a wink. I laugh. <laughs> Smiley walks um, up to you, Cass, and you know, he's not kidding. I don't doubt it. And as you kind of look at Smiley, you you just see he's he's just an older member of the crew. He bit of a hunch, he older human male. He it seems like the captain keeps him on more for morale than 
anything else because he can't really do manual labor, things like that. He's pretty good at telling the weather, but just because it hurts his knees. But that's kind of it. And and he kind of hobbles away, muttering something about, oh, there's a storm on the horizon. I don't know. My knees are hurting. Mantis, you walk around and the quartermaster, Malbus, he kind of, he's the groom of the wedding. And he kind of looks at you. He's like, hey, Mantis. Come here. I'm going to walk over to him. How can I help you? And when I say walk, I mean drunkenly stumble over. Well, not maybe stumble, but a little bit. Now, Mantis, you've been in trouble with with Malbus before. Mm-hmm. He, being the quartermaster, he kind of, he acts as kind of the disciplinarian on the ship. And he gives you a dirty look like you're in trouble, but then it kind of breaks. And he gives a very uncharacteristic smile. He's like, Mantis, I need you to, I need a poem of this wedding day. I want to present it to to bring once we get back on land. Can you do that for me? You want me to write a poem for you? Aye. Well, shouldn't you be the one writing the poem? He kind of looks at you. Not very good with that. Well, I'll tell you what. How about we do it together? It should at least come from you, but I know I have a better way with words than you do. I I can write the music. I can... Music, that's my first love, but poems... Ech. Then I'd be glad to help. I appreciate it. And he kind of nods and goes back about his business. I mean, just kind of walking around mingling. You guys run into numerous other members of the ship. Yeah. So you guys see the, the sailing master, um, Cassian. You guys see the master gunner, Krennic. He's a dragonborn sorcerer. The ship's doctor, the ship surgeon, Genevieve. And the boatswain, Malbus. There's, I mean, those are the more noticed, notable members of the ship, and you've interacted with them. They're, they're all good people. But Captain Mickelson, after just a little bit, just as the sun's kind of reaching midday, he calls everyone up. He's like, all right, let's get started here. Let's, day's not getting any younger, and we should get the party going sooner than later. <laughs> Everybody kind of laughs, and he says, all right, Malbus, Bryn, if you guys can come up, please. And they come up and he starts saying, he starts the ceremonies. He starts just going into, when I first met Bryn and Malbus, they were two very different people at different points in their lives. Now here they are. He just starts going into just a long kind of backstory and telling how they met. As, As Captain Mickelson continues, where the sky was just pristine blue, out of nowhere... There's now the sky is just filled with dark black clouds that are just kind of hanging around. You guys hear the distant sound of thunder that just seems to be getting closer and the sky is illuminated just by flashes of lightning. There seems to be a torrential rain that's coming down everywhere but around the ship on the ship seems to be surrounding the ship almost to to provide just kind of a sheet of water uh i reach for the coin around my neck that i forgot to describe it's a red and it's a coin that's red on one side black on the other with a dragon curling around each side i uh say a prayer for luck to timora and then i book it down from the crow's nest because this is not you do not want to be high up you hear tivik scream storm as he floats down and as, as Tivik screams that, the the crew just kind of goes and Captain Mickelson just shouts and says, Malbus, Bryn, I'm sorry. I'm not pronouncing you man and wife. We've got to get the ship ready. The storm could destroy her if we're not careful. And they nod and agree and say, quick, give each other a quick kiss. And you see them look, into, look at each other and just quietly say, I love you, as they both sprint their different ways and run off. You guys, as, as the storm continues, you, everybody starts 
unfurling the sails and just kind of getting everything set up. Yeah, yeah, that's immediately what I went to is like I'm coming down the rigging. Like I'm just immediately start unfurling sails. The problem is, is as you guys, even though you guys are prepping the ship, you've sailed through storms. You have sailed through strong winds. You're not moving. It's almost as if the current that you've been riding and the wind that's been blowing you has stopped. You are the the circle that is that's going around you is just calm and like it's almost like you're in the eye of the storm. And that's when you see it sailing in from on the horizon. It is a one of the largest ships that has ever been made. The masthead is a skeletal gargoyle with blood red eyes and blazoned into it. The guns on it make it look like giant massive claws that are kind of coming out. And on the f- flag is just the face of a beholder, but it's the skull of a beholder with two of the eye stalks crossing behind it, making a skull and crossbones. You recognize this ship. It is the Spectre. It is one of the most feared ships on the seas. It is known for... D- destroying ships that never stood a chance. It appears out of nowhere and disappears just as quickly. And unfortunately, it looks like the Spectre has found you. As it kind of pulls up against next to you, you guys see just a few members of the crew and they're all wearing just dark masks and just things to conceal themselves. But front in front of the rest of the crew, standing at about six feet tall in a, a very black coat, you see the most feared person on the seas, Edward Carver, where wielding just a large hammer that looks like a normal man would have to wield it with two hands. He's just holding it with one lightning kind of dancing over it. And his eyes are just a light blue at the moment. And he shouts over to you guys. Do you surrender now or do I sink you and take what I want? Captain Mickelson kind of look shouts back. Well, we're not giving up, are we, lads? And the crew kind of cheers since their approval with Captain Mickelson. I'm with the crew. I'm ready to fight. If he yells we're fighting, then I will cast Chill Touch on Captain Edward. Are you do, Is anybody doing anything to the ship to try to get it moving, anything like that? Um, I'm, I'm, I was working the rigging and trying to unfurl it, so... I guess I'd do that over casting chill touch if I could. As Captain Mickelson shouts charge and the rest of the crew goes, Carver, he just kind of sticks out the hammer, makes one motion, and just a large gust of wind takes out almost three quarters of the people charging at him in a single swoop. The, the other quarter are just kind of knocked off their feet for a moment and they stand back up, but everyone else is either unconscious or was knocked into the water. And he looks at you got the rest of the people on the ship and he's like, well, shame. I was hoping to get this in one piece. He kind of turns to his crew and says, get the get the underwater gear ready, boys. We're going to have to get this one from the bottom. And he says, pull the ship away. And his crew acknowledges and the specter just kind of leaves from being against you. Captain Mickelson looks kind of nervous and he like shouts to the crew. Can we get the ship moving Uh, with oars? Follow me down, everybody. And I just start drop. I, I assume we have oars on the ship, so I just go down to the bo- bottom deck level to uh, use oars. I got, I got, I'm pretty ripped, so. Okay, yeah. So you guys are setting up the oars, and as you guys get the oars set up and you start rolling, rowing, you hear just a loud crack of lightning. And next thing you know, you see the ship, half of the ship is now about three feet from you. 
as you are in the second half and the ship seems to be split and part apart. You hear another crack of lightning and now that other half of the ship is in flames and has been split again. And you look out at the specter, which is just far enough away to be out of the harm. You see Carver is up with his hammer, summoning these massive bolts of lightning that are just ripping your ship into shreds. And he finally, he kind of stops the lightning once the ship's in about six pieces. And the, he goes and he starts spinning his hammer and a whirlpool starts forming and it seems to be sucking the rest of the crew in. You see Tivik kind of getting sucked into the whirlpool and Malbus getting in. Andor is kind of fighting. He grabs onto just a piece of driftwood and is kind of trying to surf it, but he's eventually pulled in. The last one that's kind of brought up is Captain Mickelson, but just before he's pulled underwater, the crew of the Spectre manages to get a rope around him and they pull him up to the ship and they bring him to Carver. And you guys can see as Captain Mickelson is there, Carver shouts out to you guys, those of you who live, and I'm hoping it's none of you, but just in case, take this lesson. Surrender or die is not a negotiable option. And with that, he base, he twists Captain Mickelson's neck. You guys hear just an audible snap from where you are as Captain Mickelson's lifeless body just kind of goes limp and he's thrown into the ocean. And after that, everything goes black. You, you guys are all just kind of being pulled into this whirlpool and you don't remember anything. The next thing you know, you feel the sun kind of beating on you. You hear waves couple of seagulls off you just flying around and you your face is covered in sand and you realize that you have washed up on this beach you don't know where you are you don't know how you got there but you stand up look around and you four are the only four who have seemed to wash up on this beach alive there's a couple bodies of just several members of your crew amongst the wreckage of the ship there's debris there's you know everything you'd expect to see but the four of you are alive so what do you want to do i immediately want to start going to the crew members that i can reach and pull them out and see if there's anything that i can do for them um and if not just kind of you know place them in like a resting position there's nothing that can be done for them you go and you check their wounds some of them died from drowning some of them seem to have been struck by lightning and their body is just seared. Half of it is just charred black, but they are very much all dead. You kind of get the rest of the members of the crew. You get them propped up. You get them situated, but there's nothing that can be done for them. Fewer, a bit stronger, maybe, but today there's nothing. Uh, I've been in a shipwreck before, so I immediately start looking for supplies that are usable. Okay. Make an investigation check for me, Adam. I rolled a 13 with a minus one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Adam, as you kind of, you go around and you find, as you kind of start searching the boxes, you find just a couple of supplies. You find a weapon. You find, you, you find a set of robes that seem to be a little worse for wear, but definitely usable. Um, you find a little bit of silver that was kind of tucked away in 
a small box. You do find a tent. You find a tinderbox and a couple days rations. And you find a set of tools that you're going to be able to use. Uh, what kind of tools? Uh, oh. Um, navigator's tools are the only tools I can use. So, yeah, navigator's tools. And I rolled the D10 for silver. I found nine silver. Perfect. I immediately look at the rows and I'm just like, nah, I go shirtless and I just throw those off. I throw those off to the side. Uh, uh, and the arcane focus I find is just like a gnarl, like a driftwood staff that I, I keep my person. Perfect. I'm doing the same thing as Fritz is doing, but I'm just on the opposite side. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll just a d20 for or an investigation check for me, Kat. A 12. So yeah, you find m- much of the same thing that Fritz found. Um, you kind of look at him and you're just a little bit jealous that you didn't find any kind of tools or anything. Just for the sake of time, Zach and Steph, if you guys could both roll a d20 sure. for, or an investigation for me as well. Sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, right now I'm just trying to like dry out the string on the light crossbow that I found as well. Okay, I rolled a 15. And I rolled an 18. Okay, so Steph with a 15. Other way around. Other way around. Okay, uh, do, did I find any bolts? I found a crossbow. Do I have any bolts? I'd say, yeah, you, you probably found about 10 bolts. And then... Right. Stephanie, you find everything Fritz found. You also find a little bit of gold in your strong box that you kind of come across. It's just a small sack that was hidden underneath somebody's boots. But you guys look, and, I mean, nobody had much on them. No, that Not much else washed up on the beach. It is just... There's a ton of debris. There's some dead bodies from the crew, but that's about it. And as you look and scan the horizon, there is no sign of the specter anywhere. Did anyone find a blade, an axe, or a dagger? Um, yeah, I found something. Good. We're going to need it. Grab what you can. We need to head inland. I want to be on the beach at night. Uh, so what What does it look like inland? Like, I assume we're looking at a beach that's just full of bodies and wreckage. Like, what does it look like when we look towards the in the island itself? So the island itself is, it's covered in a dense forest. Looking kind of up, you see there's a small stream that comes from the forest and, and goes into the ocean. That's, there's a, what looks to be a trail kind of that follows that and goes off in the forest. But it is a thick, mass of trees. There's some gaps, there's some openings. Um, it's a very mountainous. You do see mountains, oh, quite a few mountains off in the distance. But from where you are, you're in basically a a little harbor. Oh, uh, what time of day is it? Is it morning? It's probably mid morning. It's probably about ten or ten a.m. or so. I think we're going to be using that food we stored, Cass. There's not much. Oh, we're gonna, we better get ready to get get some traps going. Get some get some shelter. Gonna get cold. I did find a tent among the the wreckage, so we have some shelter, but yeah, I found one too. So did I. You want to find a tent? Now are these are these mansion tents? Are these single person tents? What are we working with here? <laughs> there's there's single person tents. Okay. <laughs> okay, I have one too. I only have two days rations though. Same here. Yes, we're gonna need to find some food quick. Best we not eat those till we need to. 
Do uh, any of you know how to fish? I'll take that as a new. I know how to cook it. Uh, uh, anyone? Anyone got a trident or spear? Another no. Bat, we're not batting real good right now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, this this might do underwater. I don't know. I've got other tricks that might work too, though. Uh, first thing we should do is find a place get set. I wouldn't recommend being near the stream. Anything that might that we might not want to run into is probably gonna go there for water. Uh, we we'll want to be close, though. Uh, are there like? Is there like any hint of um I missed it, I'm sorry if you said that said this already. Is there is there any form of like um rock formations? Like a cave, like where there might be a cave that we could try to look to go set up? Uh there's not actually. The the beach itself seems to be just pretty flat that and then it goes on about fifteen feet and then starts going grassy and goes up into the trees. There's no beach caves or anything like that. <sighs> this is going to get bad before it ever gets better. Uh, we should probably do a little scouting. See what's around us. I'm on it. All right. Good to know. Okay. So, Lamas, you're going to go out and kind of do a precursor, like a scout? Yes. That's what I'll be doing. You going down the beach or are you going to like go up into the trees? Where are you scouting at? I'm going to go up into the trees. I'm going to see if I can find some food. Okay. Make a, if you're, I mean, if you're looking, are you like looking for anything? Or are you just looking for food specifically? Or are you looking to just to see what's around? Like, what are you doing specifically? Just like looking for foraging kind of stuff? Yes. And what kind of animals are on the, uh, the beach, our island? Go ahead and roll a survival check for me. I got an 11. Okay. With that, you kind of go, you find probably a handful of berries that'll work as a snack. Uh, you do see there's there's a few what look to be maybe deer or elk just kind of in the area, but they get away too fast before you're able to get a good look at them. But there are footprints, stuff like that in the in the forest, so it's definitely you're it's definitely not an abandoned island by any means. But you don't really see anything else. Okay, so I rush back to the group and let them know that this is inhabited by other beings. Oh, did you see him? Talk to him? I did not see him. I only saw footprints. Oh, you think we should try to find him? Maybe. They they could be friendly. What other choice do we have? We could we could wait to see wait for them to find us. No way we're not walking into whatever. Like if they're if they're hostile, probably want to meet them on our side, on our turf, not theirs. Should we build traps? Now you're thinking. Maybe some pits. Oh, do we have any good shovels? Anybody find one? And they have a mace. Oh, uh, that's pretty much the opposite of a shovel. I guess we could hammer the dirt away. Maybe. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we could just, well, what's the worst that could happen if we You know, I'll just, I'll just start digging, okay? I'll just dig. I mean, if you want to dig, I'm not going to stop you from digging. Cat, make an attack roll at the ground. <laughs> oh, it's your first attack roll. This will be fun. A 23. 
yeah, the ground doesn't get out of the way, and you <laughs> nail it, and you make a large dent in the sand. Okay, that's, she's already lost it. Uh, this is not going good so far. She is attacking the dirt. You got a better idea? Uh, did you see any animals? Yes. Deer, maybe elk. I didn't get a really good look. We should attack those. They'll be a lot tastier than dirt. They're too fast for me to catch. Uh, I just kind of, I have my crossbow, like, like I have a string that's just got it. So it's kind of like strung across my back, kind of bandolier style. And I get my, I get my gnarled wood walkie saying, I'm just like, I think I could hit it with this or something else. If we, if we can find it. They're going to keep running. If you keep talking. Well, then I'll be quiet. Show us. Okay. They were up this way towards the, the forest. As soon as you say, I'm like, Hey, dragon, we're going to go hunt. You should come with. I'm going to finish strapping on my breastplate and weapon and follow. Stop yelling! Oh, Fine, I'll, I'll come along too. Didn't you just say like a minute ago that you were going to be quiet? What? Oh yeah, yeah. Probably be quiet. That's it, all the food is gone. I'll uh, find something. Okay, so I'm assuming you all put on your armor and stuff. That's kind of a given, right? Yes. Put on all my nothing. Just a shirtless old man with a walking stick leading the group, huh? And a, oh, I'm not leading, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely probably second in the group. I have a crossbow slung across my back, but yes, other than that, a sea dog old man with a walking stick. All right, so yeah, you guys make your way into the forest, and whoever's leading right now, I need a survival check from, please. I uh, I cast a spell message <laughs> to uh, to 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 cast the dragon board. I'm just like, I bet you one silver we find something. You. I mean, what? I don't know. All right, so what's your guys' current marching order? I am not first. Okay, since I saw the beast, I guess I'm leading. All right, then I need a survival check from you, Kat. Okay. I'd probably push the dragon board ahead of me. Just It's more like I just walk slowly, so the dragon board just takes, like, passes me. Okay, I got a seven. Uh, okay. So... Or I accidentally rolled twice. It looks like I got a 14. All right. So with the 14, you are able to track some of the animals, and they seem to congregate over a, a fairly worn area of the of the path. And, and you look, and it's been fairly cleared of a lot of trees. There's some stumps and stuff here and there, but otherwise nothing too major. And as you look down the road up ahead of you, you see – couple elk that have been it looks like killed and they're just laying in the middle of the road okay you guys I see some uh, dead animals up ahead dead already good shot maybe we should approach with caution yes with caution so you want me to blast it absolutely not just pull out my crossbow and just start aiming alright guys that is going to do it for us for our first episode for skill chick adventures i hope you enjoyed it there is a lot more to come we had a lot of fun recording this the skill chick adventures cast will be bi-weekly releasing every other wednesday follow us on twitter at skill cast for updates for information if you guys liked what you heard please consider leaving us a review it's the best way to support us it helps us get exposure and helps us know what you like what you didn't like if you have questions tweet them at us we will address your questions on skill check, but otherwise, 
you hope you guys enjoy and we will catch you next episode <laughs>